This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome in ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green live in the Ingalls studio. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, live or on demand. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices. Love the savings. It is a Tuesday afternoon, and we got the NBA or the uh, MLB All-Star game tonight. That's, Woohoo! It's about it, though. It's about it, though. The NBA Finals taking the night off because of the All-Star game. Because they they just thought, you know, the ratings battle between the NBA Finals and Major League Baseball's All-Star game was just going to be too much. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know who would win. <laughs> Obviously, normally, we do not have the NBA Finals taking place in July during the All-Star break. Um, obviously, a calculated move here by... By Adam Silver? Uh, no. No? I, I, I believe it was just, hey, we need a couple days off. Really? I mean, they usually take two days off to travel. But they don't normally do two games between a homestand. I, I personally wish they hadn't. Because that's just going to make this take more time. True. I, if you if you asked me why it happened, to give your finals mm-hmm. more Pub. More breathing room. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're competing against basically nothing. Right. You got the All Star game tonight, which some people will watch. And then you got <laughs> then you got two more watch. days off before they play again on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Two more days off again before they play on Tuesday. Travel days again. And then then the Ender game. Two days after that. Nope. There's only one day one day between those. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's going to go wow, seven. there's only one day between Game 6 and the Game 7. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Obviously, we'll be talking, about, talk, talking a lot about uh, Game 4 of the NBA Finals coming up tomorrow. Uh, but for today, I mean, last night we had the Home Run Derby, which Jeremy did not watch any of. Not one second. Which, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I am kind of shocked. I thought if there was one thing in baseball that would get you to, to watch, it you would be it. the home run derby. You broke it. What do you mean you broke it? You, well, we got one, we had seed one and seed eight. <laughs> one guy hit 28 home runs in the first round, didn't make it to the second round. That's mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Just let these, give them 10 outs and call it good. We don't need a timer. We don't need, I never thought see, I would say we don't need a timer in baseball, but here we are. Now, there, there I'm going to disagree with you. There I do like the timer. I like the timer aspect of it. Because, I, I, I mean, last night, Trey Mancini, in the final round, you only get two minutes, and he went at a frenetic pace that I've never seen before in a home run derby. I like that aspect of it, of just hammer away and see how many you can hit in two minutes. The timer I'm good with. As, you, as I said yesterday on this show... Uh, it's the bracket thing that I don't understand. And they got exactly what they deserved last night. The number one guy, the the, the top-selling guy for the home run derby, Shohei Otani, got eliminated in the first round. 
all four top seeds got eliminated in the first round. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates me so it. much that all sports else. have these ancillary things except the one sport that I want to have them. The NFL is the one sport that doesn't have this. I mean, yeah, they do the dodgeball obstacle uh-huh. course thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bring back the quarterback club. That was the best of all the ancillary things, and we just refused to do it. The quarterback club. What, remind me about the they quarterback would, club. It was during the Pro Bowl. They right. would send basically every starting quarterback in the NFL to Hawaii, and they would run through an obstacle course. And there was a there was one where they had targets on golf carts, and they would just zoom across, and you they, had to hit they them. They still do that to some degree. Not, not the right way. They don't do it right. What is the they, right way? The way they used to do it. <laughs> this is one of the very few things that I become crotchety old man about. In the late 90s, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That and the celebrity dunk contest are the two things that we have lost in my life that I miss. <laughs> the celebrity dunk contest. It's the two things I miss. Uh-huh. And I would happily give up the NBA dunk contest and the home run derby to get them back. I'm not with you on the home run derby. I still like the home run derby. And last night was fun. I mean, Pete Alonzo, he's he's trying. He's really trying to become one of the young up and coming faces of Major League Baseball. I just don't know if it played well last night. Did you see any of the highlights? Mm, okay, I'm gonna say very I'm, little. I'm gonna go with no. But but Alonzo. The whole time, I mean, the music is blaring in the stadium, and he's just, he's dancing, and he's bobbing his head, and he's just, he's in a groove like nobody else. He's dancing like nobody else is watching, and just smashing homer after homer, and then he had a little showmanship in the second round, or the semifinals of it, where he's two, he's two home runs away from eliminating his opponent oh, in the you're semifinals. Oh, you're talking about where he called the timeout. And he calls the timeout. He just steps back, and they're like, oh, is he going to go get some water? And actually, the the water boy or girl, I didn't notice who it was, somebody came up to offer him some water. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I'm just kind of enjoying this moment. And he raises his hands to, po- to, to pump up the crowd, and then he goes right back to it. And in two pitches, it was over. So, I mean, there was a little a little drama that he added to the whole thing. And then he gets into the final with uh, Trey Mancini, and you know Trey did the best he could. You'd think twenty-two home runs in the final round would be okay. There were two hundred and eight home runs hit during the entire home run derby last night, and the champion, who is now the back-to-back champion, because we didn't have the home run derby last year, and Alonzo won it in twenty nineteen. He hit. He hit 74 home runs for a total distance of like 6.8 miles. The problem I had, the, one of the big problems I had with it, though, he couldn't, you couldn't see him. I'm still stuck on the coverage last night and the weird setup that ESPN put on it, so you couldn't really enjoy the majesty of the all of majesty, the home runs. The majesty of batting practice. <laughs> Hey, look, and here's, you know, and you're going to disagree with me because you're Mm -hmm. an old crotchety baseball person. Okay. Why do they have people pitching during this? What, do you want a pitching machine? Yes. Just load it up and go. Nah, because then you don't have special moments like um, 
who was it? Uh, oh, yeah, it was real special because no, you're was, sitting here hemming and hawing trying to remember who it was. No, it was really funny. I, I, I just can't remember which pitchers it was. One Josh them, Hamilton's one of the ones that you're trying to think of because no, no, no. he had like an old like I think that was, rec league coach or something like that throwing to him. I think it was his high school baseball That's, coach. It was something like that. Uh, throwing to him. But no, last night you had one where Juan Soto's bat, uh, hitting coach threw behind him. It was a pretty funny moment. Yeah, he threw a wild pitch. I, saw, I did see that. <laughs> he threw it behind That's him. That's what made me think of it. Like, why? Why? If you're wanting to see, you're putting a clock on it and all these things, and then you're leaving the human element. <laughs> right. We have a thing that will throw strikes mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Why do you not do that? It and then make I think sense it, to me. And then I think it was Pete Alonzo's uh, 700-year-old batting practice pitcher, whoever it was. Uh, he actually hit him. <laughs> hit him in the shoulder with one of them. It adds a little something to it. Especially when, the, especially when there's a story. Especially I mean, the when story's story fine. Like Trey Mancini. Trey, Trey Mancini had uh, a fellow cancer survivor throw into him. It was it was a nice little touch, and that's fine. Yeah, I just it, 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 it's never made any sense to me that you're going to put a clock on this and then not use the thing that will throw at the same rate. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right, but that, to me, that's part of the strategy. That's part of the strategy to see how fast you can get it done, like Trey Mancini did in the final of just pitch after pitch after pitch. I mean, it was basically just swing, put the back back on your shoulder, and by the time you do that, the next pitch is coming. I think that's 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 actually part of the strategy of the home run derby as well. I don't like the the bracket idea. I think Major League Baseball should have learned a lesson last night with yeah, the bracket idea is not good. Because you had Shohei Otani hit 28 home runs, and he was out. Meanwhile, you had Trevor Story and Trey Mancini, who hit fewer home runs than him in the first round, and they advanced. You know what my recurring thought was last night during the home run derby? was that? It's only two weeks till training camp. (laughs) We're just two (laughs) weeks until we have all of the things. Yeah. It worked out well, though, having it in Colorado. Uh, the balls flew out of there very, very nicely. Three home runs last night broke the home run derby record for length. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was, it was a fun. It was a fun little thing. Hopefully, baseball learned their lesson. And tonight, you're going to have the All Star game. And yeah, ne- next year, maybe they'll have the home run derby at that golf course they played the match at. Oh, somebody hit a home run that was <laughs> 900 feet. <laughs> Of course, it went down, you know, two cliff faces. Yeah, it went, went over the mountain. We'll never find that ball ever. <laughs> and there's a coyote out here for some reason. A coyote. Thankfully, there are no goat dogs in Montana. There's no hyenas in, in no. Where do those things reside? Uh, Africa. No, though we we have those. Those are in this country, aren't they? No. Oh, okay. No, no hyenas Oops. are not uh, American. Well, I mean, I animals i knew that but i figured they were they'd they'd made their way here (laughs) on the mayflower i I don't know (laughs) people have weird pets we do at least one story a month of somebody's weird pet that got released out into the wild (laughs) there was just one in raleigh hyenas actually swim really well 
and they all came over as a school of hyenas. It's the, it's the, 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 the Michael Phelps of <laughs> dog creatures. Dog creatures. Look, we just had a story about this in Raleigh, not what a week ago oh, the week and a half ago the zebra cobra yeah somebody released a, a python of some kind well, they didn't release it it got out yeah it was a zebra cobra is what it was i, I that's not a thing you're you're making you that up to mess with me <laughs> when you hear slithering it's safer to assume snakes than zebras is I, that how that goes is that how you're saying goes uh, no <laughs> Your hoof beats makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. There you go. That's it. That's it. I knew zebras were involved somehow. I am shocked you did not watch the, the the home run derby last night. I thought for sure it would be the ancillary, you know, the ancillary fun thing. Very few of those does. things do anything for me. Like I watched the three point shootout. Yeah, it's fine. I to be honest with you, I like the skills contest better than I like anything at, at NBA All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. where you get the big guys against the point guards and they have to run the little obstacle course. That's probably my favorite event. It's that or the three point shoot. I don't even watch the dunk contest anymore. It's not worth because it. I've seen it. Like, I watch I, it every it. year, expecting I'm going to see something new and something different. And every year I go, Why did I do that? The home run derby always delivers for me because it's hitting home runs. I mean. It's not that there's there's nothing you don't have to get creative with it. You just hit the hit as many home runs See, as you can. And I get bored with that. It's like oh he hit a, oh he hit another one. Uh, was it any different than the last one? That same spot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't do it for me for some reason. No, I, and look, and I've fixed all of these. We did this on the Saturday show a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You could easily fix Major League Baseball All Star week thing yeah you you do it on a tuesday which i've never made any sense to me and the nba rock and jock rules it's Mm -hmm. real simple Mm -hmm. 15 foot goal in in basketball and you i don't remember what rock and jock baseball rules were oh they had targets in the outfield they had fantastic uh, where you had to run the bases backwards for an inning or something yeah do that i watched that yeah and i and bring back they uh what was it bill bellamy and what was the other Dan one? Cortez. Dan Cortez. Yeah. And that guy's working at a he's working at a Quiznos now or something. Nah. Nah. He's Dan got a, Cortez? He's got a Chapel Hill degree. He's probably doing something good. I haven't heard that name other than this show. There are about five celebrities. Probably because he got fat and nobody pays him any attention anymore. There are about five celebrities that you will only ever hear their name referenced on this show, and I just said two of them. Bill Bellamy and Dan Cortez, uh Herman Moore. Oh, there's more. There are more random people that we bring up on this show that never get any airtime anywhere else. Yeah. Are you looking up what Dan I'm Cortez is doing? Dan Cortez. I'm trying to figure out if there's a... He owns a chain of fast food restaurants the, the, now. The last entry on his Wikipedia page It was, was by him, so... Uh, <laughs> on October 11th, 2014, while reprising his role as Stefan on Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader repeatedly mentions Dan Cortez's name, so he wasn't even involved no. in it. No, he's a Sasquatch. <laughs> I, I'm now convinced Dan Cortez is a Sasquatch. <laughs> he's not even a real person. Yeah. Yeah, no. He's it, most most known for his uh, starring role in Demolition Man. Never even heard of it. <laughs> yes, you have. Never even heard of it. Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Oh, I was, Demolition out, of, I was Man out at Sylvester Stallone. Was 
a great movie about post-apocalyptic no L.A. Never even heard of it. <laughs> you lost me at Sylvester Stallone. And he played the uh, he played the um, piano player in the Taco Bell. Because Taco Bell was the only restaurant that existed anymore. And so they were going out to a fancy dinner at Taco Bell. He's like it. <laughs> See, I, I, you know and what? the songs of that day were all uh, were were all jingles, like old school commercial jingles. And I just so came the, up I got with a brilliant every time idea. I think of Dan Cortez, I think of him sitting at the piano singing "Good Things from the Garden, Garden in the Valley." You don't even know what that Not is, do you? Even of the, the Valley of, of the Jolly Green Giant. Not even a vague <laughs> clue of what you're talking about. I did just come up with a great idea, though. Because the premise of the movie you just told me yeah. is so painfully stupid that I can't believe anybody would ever watch it. <laughs> no, come on. So, I, and this is something I want to do on this show. You know, this will be a fun little game. We don't have to do it today because uh-huh. you would have to plan for it. Okay. I want you to poorly describe the plot of movies to me. I want to see if I can guess what it is. And then I will tell you all the reasons that I can't believe anybody ever watched it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think that could be tremendously fun. Rotten movie plots, we'll call it. Yeah, you just have to describe the movie plot in like three sentences. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that most of them will be so painfully stupid that I... Why would anybody watch that? <laughs> and then you tell me it's like the eighth highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I always, they always had that problem with Avatar. So I've never seen Avatar. <gasps> it's a really good one. Take the journey with uh-huh. me. I can break this in three words. Yeah. Flying blue people. Done. Out. The people don't fly. Seacrest out. The, the people don't fly. They ride dinosaurs. <laughs> You're not making it better. <laughs> you would be the worst defense attorney in the history of time because you actually just made it worse. <laughs> they don't fly. They ride dinosaurs. Awful. <laughs> How did we even get here? I don't know. I, 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 ask, I ask myself this question this every, every day. day. Yeah. Every day. Just, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful life. Uh, I would wager, How did I get here? I would wager a, a large number of people listening to us just went, we do too. We wonder these things too. Yep. And we're glad you're on the ride with us here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We got NBA trade rumors going on. Is there anything that we can do to to dig up uh, you know, some kind of basketball content without focusing on the fact that the USA basketball team may not win the gold medal this year? Yeah, it's not good. It's, <laughs> it hasn't started out well at all as they are 0-2 in their exhibitions, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But trade rumors, 76ers, according to reports, have now opened up trade talks with get, everyone. With everyone. Yeah, to get Ben Simmons out of Please come get him from us. 
This is the yard sale of the NBA. Is it? They have just put Ben Simmons in the uh, on a table in the front yard. Like, please come get him. Yeah, we do not want to have to unpack him back in the house. Somebody take this to your house. He we, is. We, we can't do this anymore. He is quote unquote uh, on sale to the to the highest bidder. Have in you the heard NBA. what they want? Um, I have not heard officially what they want, but the I can imagine it's a caliber player. Yes, and then some. Yeah. Well, I hate to break this to you, but this is like that lamp that you put a twenty dollar tag on at the yard sale. Uh, nobody's going to pay that. If you're just dead set you're going to trade him right now, you better break out the old Sharpie and lower that price down just a little bit because <laughs> nobody's paying it. You don't. They couldn't get. Uh, they couldn't get the the Trailblazers interested in for, a for in a Damian Lillard swap no! of some kind. No. No. Uh, okay, here's what that would take. All right, Dame Lillard goes to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Blazers get Ben Simmons, Philadelphia cheesesteaks for the rest of their lives anytime they want it. Done. The Liberty Bell. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, the, the original? Or? Yes, Lincoln okay. Financial Field and uh, 811 draft picks. That's what that would take. That seems like a lot. I think like Ben Simmons and a couple of picks. I, I I have to tell you this: there there are six teams that allegedly have strong interest in Ben Simmons. Okay, have you seen who they are? No. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> the Indiana Pacers. Uh-huh. The Sacramento Kings. And Ben Simmons is going, God, no, no, no. no. I love Philadelphia. I will learn to shoot free I will throws. shoot more. I, I promise. <laughs> Please don't send me to Sacramento. <laughs> I don't even know where Sacramento is. Right, right. Uh, the sixth one, the New York Knicks. Please let that happen. There, there's not. Look, I don't ask for much. I am a very simple man of very simple means. There is not much more in my life that I want to watch than the explosion that would be Twitter if Ben Simmons wound up with the Knicks. Now, why the today in the sportsocracy you were telling me that the 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 media pressure wouldn't be too great in New York? I said Twitter. Twitter doesn't have squat to do with the media. Not a thing. Uh-huh. That's like saying you, you're, that food would be upset uh, and you bring up goat. That's not food, <laughs> so that has nothing to do with what I just said. Oh, yeah, oh, Ben Simmons on. in New York. Oh, my. Oh, I can hear it now. Spike Lee would lose his mind. You're going to bring me a point guard that cannot shoot. Right. Sweet. No, I think the, the Knicks have their eyes on somebody else. Um and we'll we'll talk about that in just a minute as well. But uh, Ben Simmons, I, I don't I, I don't know. See, I've been going back and forth on this whole thing. Is Ben Simmons damaged goods? Yes, yes. Is he damaged goods to the point where you can't get a decent value from a trade right now? I wouldn't think so. Right now, yeah, yes, really, hundred percent. I want you to think about the teams I just said. Mm-hmm. What are you going to get from any of them? Well, let's see. Sacramento. If you say De'Aaron Fox, I will throw something no, at you. No, I was going to say Rashawn Holmes. Whoa. You could get Rashawn Holmes. Who, by and... the way, used to be in Philadelphia. 
Uh, Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed. Yeah, there you go. You need a three-point shooter. And Harrison Barnes. It, that's phenomenal. <laughs> I, that'd be fun. That'd be fun on the press release next year. No, wait a minute. We're a so minute. glad you trusted the process. Here's Harrison Barnes and some other broke toys from Sacramento. Rashawn Holmes, Buddy Healed, and, and a pick. I would consider that. Uh, what is no? Alex? Why not? You're feeling. Do you realize how hard selling that would be? You're putting some size on this team. You're getting a shooter in Buddy Healed, which you you, already have size. His name's Joel Embiid. Yeah, but you need more to go with him. And who's your point guard? Uh, Let's play a fun game of who brings the ball up the floor? (laughs) Is it Seth Curry? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And that's just one of them. Doc Rivers Rivers can suit up, he'll play point guard. I don't know that there is an answer from the Kings. I I already know what the Pacers have offered. The Pacers offered Malcolm Brogdon, and they're one. It's not enough. That's as good as you're going to do. Really? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Look at the other teams interested. What are the Knicks going to give up? That's the biggest market team I said. Mm -hmm. What are the Knicks going to give up? It's not Julius Randle. It's not R.J. Barrett. They're not giving up either one of those guys Mm -hmm. for Ben Simmons. So now you're talking about some weird combination of Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and that. It just gets gross in a hurry. And two first-round draft picks. The Cavs uh, would probably give you extra picks to please pick a point guard and just take him from us. Colin Sexton, preferably, because we have to pay him more more soon. Sooner. Sooner. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah. Throw an er on it. That makes it a real word. <laughs> And the Timberwolves, that's the one I want to happen the most. Yeah. Just that and the Knicks. Just go D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. Just so you can literally let me let me tell you what that would be. You remember that game that kids used to play where they would take, you know, dog droppings and put it in a bag and light it on fire and ring the doorbell. Uh-huh, and people yeah. would open the door and they would freak out and they would step on it. They would be doing that to each other. I'm at your house, you're at my house, and I left the flaming well, this, bag on your front porch. So it's the Houston-Washington deal from last year. The Russell John Westbrook Wall and Russell, John Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's still the greatest one of all time. I, I, I always, if the NBA wanted to give me the ultimate reality show, put me in the room with the GMs when they made that deal. Washington's just stuck with this albatross t- deal with John Wall and you've won absolutely nothing. And Houston calls and says, we'll give you Russell Westbrook. I would just love to have seen the reaction. Right. Be like when, you're, when your wife gives you a tie for, for Christmas. <laughs> like, well, well, it's a tie. Matches the shirt I have, I, I guess. Don't really know what else to do with that. I mean, I'm not sad, but I'm, I'm not happy. I'm just kind of alive. I don't know. I feel like on the Washington side, that would have been a Dan Campbell-type reaction when he found out he was getting Penny Sewell in the draft. Oh, no. He was so excited about that. I I would think that's kind of how it went in Washington. You know there's headaches going to come with it, but there's no doubt you're getting the better player. Oh, I think there's a doubt you're getting the better player. Than John Wall? Healthy John Wall still. He's still a guy. You're just not going to win anything with either one. If he's healthy. Yeah, you remember when you were a kid and your mom packed your lunch? 
and you didn't like what she packed, and so yeah. you started negotiating trades. Yeah. And it's like, well, I have an avocado bean burger, and you have <laughs> chicken salad with grapes in it. Let's trade. <laughs> You're not happy with what you got. It's just not what you originally had. <laughs> By the way, stop putting grapes in chicken salad. That reminds me of the, that reminds me of the time that I went to school, and I accidentally grabbed my dad's lunch instead of grabbing my lunch. I was happy to have a beer in it. I was happy. That that, the, that's, the, that's the greatest way the story could possibly end. No, I was happy that there were two sandwiches in there. The problem was one of the sandwiches was liver wor- liver mush or not liver mush, um, liver cheese, and the other. What about no 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 no? You're not just going to glean over that because those are not words. Yeah, liver cheese. You just went. What's that? Mad libs. You yeah. just put in two adjectives that do not belong together <laughs> and tried to sell that as it's a thing. Uh huh. It is a thing. Liver cheese. It's in the it's in the lunch meat aisle. Check it out. It's not it's, in any lunch meat aisle I've ever been mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I is. love lunch. There's meat. only one of them. There's typically only one of them. It's hidden way at the top of the shelf. Is it a vacuum sealed bag that looks like it should have gone with uh, Richard Branson to space? No, it's like in a, it's it's like a, it's in a normal package. And the liver cheese is. Uh, have you ever had, had Brunswager? No, what do you he's think? never had Brunswager. I'm a chicky tenders and French fries guy. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to explain this. It's kind of like uh, it tastes like liver pate, kind of. Um, but it comes like in a, it comes in a slice, and it's got this line of uh, just animal fat on the outside of it. You kind of have to peel of off the like animal words. fat. Yeah, none of this sounds like food. Anyway, one of the sandwiches was liver mud, or, or what did I say? Liver cheese. Yes, yes, liver cheese, and the other sandwich was sardines. I, I, you know what? For, <laughs> for as good as that story was, and I did like it, it would have been a lot funnier if you'd had the children's Bud Light in it. That's the, <laughs> that was what well, I look, was looking my for. My dad worked at the hospital. It wasn't like he could be drinking on the job anyway. So that would have made that story just epically funnier. Although he did, he does eat nasty things. Yeah, none of that sounded like food. Which I mean, I grew up and I, I kind of like liver cheese, but you know, it's. It's not the worst of the lunch meats. I mean, there's always olive loaf. Ugh. First of all, olives are not food. <laughs> yes, they are. Stop it. What? I've never. That's that is one thing I've never understood. Why people eat that? Like you get a martini and you want it. You want a dirty martini, so we're gonna shake it in olive water. You might as well shake it in hot dog water. That would make more sense to me. <laughs> there might at least be some. Protein. Pickle oh, juice? I mean, you drink pickle juice. What's the difference? I don't drink pickle juice. I barely eat pickles. I thought I, was, I, I thought you were my wife on drinks those. pickle juice. Oh, maybe that's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, and I think it's the most repulsive thing in the world. Okay. I you watch people do pickleback shots at a bar, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" So it was your wife that had me doing the pickleback shots yeah, during not, football yeah, season me. last year. Mm-mm, wasn't me. Yeah. No. No. Okay. You know, we could do a whole weird food show, and it would just be things that you show me are in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I'm having just all kinds of ideas today. <laughs> of course, we decided. Wait till we it. get into sauce meat. I don't even want to know. <laughs> you do because really if don't. it ends in meat, that means that the first thing has to be an animal, and I don't know what a sauce is, and I didn't know what a coyote was or what a um, hyena was the other day. So right. We're just we're down a rabbit well, hole. See, this is this this is what this is what we're here for. We're here to teach you things about life. So yeah, Ben Simmons, he's up for, he's up on the block. 
will anybody step forward to take him and will it be any kind of a situation that he actually wants to be in? The answer to that is no. I, I have a question after after just a bit outside. Yep. I have a question to what you just said. All right. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. I saw the headline this morning, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, apparently, Michael Strahan is not the all-time season leader in sacks in the NFL. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> New unofficial sack totals say that Michael Strahan does not have the the season sack record. 2001, he had 22 and a half sacks. Remember how magical that season was and how Brett Favre just gave him the record? Yeah, and the, the, the record the was just a, a big old poo because Brett just laid down and went, just touch me. <laughs> just touch me. Just, I, I'm, I'm tired of you chasing me around. Brett Favre backed up and just laid down on the ground so he could get his 22nd and a half sack on the season, which we thought was the record. Um but now, Pro Football Reference has been going through past seasons before sacks were even recorded as a as a stat, which was 1982. They started counting sacks, and they have now determined that former Lions Pro Bowler Al Bubba Baker actually had 23 sacks during his 1978 Defensive Rookie of the Year campaign. Now, it's an unofficial stat, so the record books probably will still forever reflect, or until somebody breaks the record, that Michael Strahan holds that record. But they have gone back and they have determined that, no, that's actually not the most sacks that have ever happened in an NFL season. I think they should change the record. I'm, I'm a big fan of it because, according to Pro Football Reference, who who is that's who released these numbers. Yeah. Uh, there's only one duo in NFL history to ever have 20 sacks in the same season. Really? And it was Joe Klecko and Mark Gastineau. Oh, two of Klecko your Klecko had 20 and a half, and Gastineau had 20 in 1981. Nice. nice. Two of your favorites from the New York Jets. Absolutely. Their jerseys are in the Wicked Weed Studios, where we do the Sportsocracy live at night, at 10 a.m. now. Every weekday, find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy. Even though you never saw either one of them play a game. Uh, I, no, I didn't. I don't care. It's still one of the happiest times of uh, Jet fans' lives. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't care either. I still. Uh, I still celebrate Leroy Selman. Never saw him play either. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have, it's still your team, of course. Just because you weren't alive for it doesn't. You know, it doesn't right. mean anything. And it was the only thing that we had to cheer for for the first twenty years of the of, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Uh, you do have something to cheer for now, though. Oh yeah, I got a Super Bowl ring and. Uh, actually, two Super Bowl rings. Uh, no, you have one of those, and you're going to stay at one. But you do have no, two no, no. Stanley we, Cups. We won one back then. I mean, recently. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was going to say you there are two of them. Current rings. Yes, I have seen my team win two Super Bowls. How many have you seen your team win? <laughs> Sorry, don't answer that. We'll move on. Listen here, Anyhow. liver cheese. I need you to calm down over there. Uh, but yeah. Champa Bay, baby. Well, yesterday was the boat parade for the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's right. And everything went great. They had boats. Mm-hmm. They, they had a boat parade. Mm-hmm. So you had all the players that were some out on sea dues. They're just having a good old time. Yep. Only one problem. The Stanley Cup didn't survive for real long <laughs> because they broke it. <laughs> Still unreported mm. as to what happened, but 
Colt, but bolts jolts. A Lightning fan account on Twitter posted a screen grab from a fan shot video that showed Pat Maroon of the Lightning holding the cup, and it was completely broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they took it away with a blanket covering it, loaded it in the back of a car, and now it has to be shipped back to Canada to be replaced or to be repaired. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I wouldn't have told this story. I mean, I do find it funny because your quarterback did throw the Lombardi trophy right. where it could have just landed in the bay, look, never to be seen or heard look, from again. Rob Manfred said it. They're just hunks of metal, people. They don't really mean anything. Uh, the Stanley Cup does because there's only one of them. <laughs> However, it's been destroyed a bunch of times. Uh-huh. Did you know that? I did. It's been destroyed like six times. It fell off Chris Chelios's bar in Detroit and just broke. Mm-hmm. And had to be hand hammered out, mm-hmm. as opposed to foot hammered. I did. <laughs> they they don't use a machine to do it. They, there's, there's a machine that hammers things. Yeah, yeah. If oh. you were handier, you would know uh, <laughs> that there are. Look, there, it there ain't are like tools. you're Bob Vila over there yourself. Okay, <laughs> compared to you, I'm Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yeah, because I I firmly <laughs> believe most things you fix will at some point explode. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Or just fall. Um, it's, 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 how do you keep breaking the? I will give. I, I will say this. I don't watch a lot of hockey. Mm-hmm. I've never found it. You know, never got a team or a player that I was super into. I have to give players credit. What they do with the Stanley Cup, they do seem to enjoy their championship more than any other sport does. I'd agree with that. I've seen people drink beer out of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have drank milk out of it for some reason. I don't understand what the fascination is with milk. But well, you don't like milk now? No, I like milk. Milk's fine oh, okay. as long as it's from cow. <laughs> You're just talking about drinking it out of the out of the bowl. Well, I never said that about the Indy 500 either. Like, why do you drink mm-hmm. milk at the end of that? No clue. I've never done something really athletic and gone. You know what? Make me feel better. A big old cup of moo juice. <laughs> right. Let's do that. Milk Let's... was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> This doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. But you're right. I mean, but it's because everybody gets to spend some time with the trophy. And I it, think it's a great You get idea. to take it home and, you know, take it back to your boys and let your boys see the, the, the Stanley Cup. It, it's very cool. On the other hand, uh, what, what could you possibly use the Lombardi trophy for? Nothing. A suppository for an elephant? Uh, I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady used it as a, uh, a as a nice deep fade to uh, Gronkowski. He did. Oh, I can, for some reason, all I can think about is George Costanza toting the uh, the World Series trophy behind his car with the megaphone. That's, right. that's all I have in my head. No, I. It is. It is one of the uh, one of the best trophies in sports. Oh, no doubt, it's the best trophy in sports. It's not one of it is the best trophy in sports. Is it though? Hundred percent. Name name one better. If you say the World Series trophy, I I, I might just, just get in my car. And the leave. Commissioner's Trophy. Is that the baseball trophy? Yes, that's the baseball oh, trophy. Okay. So, I just know the, it has a bunch of flags the, on it. All the flags and the pennants on top of it. Yeah, I just know it has flags on it. That's, yeah. I also know that George Costanza broke one on Seinfeld. <laughs> you now know all of the knowledge I know about the World Series right. trophy. But the Stanley Cup, I get it. It, it, That that is the one thing that kills me, though, is that it gets returned every year. Like Mm -hmm. it goes to the next team, Mm -hmm. which makes it even more, you know, historic. Of course, just you just don't get to enjoy it all that much. It's it's fine. 
I would wager Brady probably doesn't take out his Lombardi trophies and just ride them around in the car with him. Now, see, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's probably had some made where he just drives around with his seven trophies. Tom Brady's probably got one hidden in a pair of Ugg boots that he doesn't even know where he put it. <laughs> That's what happens when you're the greatest of all time and you got more trophies than you know what to do with. I'm so ready for this Brady and Tampa Bay thing to be over. Two more years. Two more trophies. You just got to hang in there, buddy. No? You're not, you're not excited about that one? Uh, <laughs> the New York Knicks are uh, among the teams that have been uh, talked about today in trade rumors. And they are looking at a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They want Colin Sexton. What do they have to give up to give him to get him? Philadelphia wants Sexton from no New York. Oh, New York. There are a Colin lot of people Sexton. that want Colin Sexton. And there's a big are. belief that they wouldn't pay him. Well, the story out today is that the New York Knicks are basically in the full court press right now. They don't have a point guard. They need a point guard. Colin Sexton's about to get paid next year. Well, they have a couple point guards. Yeah, but they don't have any good ones. Um, one of them got an MVP vote. <clears throat> <laughs> He's also 400 years old. Derrick Rose is not a long-term solution for anybody right now. I, I don't disagree with you. And then you got Frank Tilakina. Nicolina. No. What's the next Just remember, this is the second time you've argued with me about New York Nick things today, which is just baffling to me. Uh, you do remember the bandwagon I jumped off of to get on the Denver one, right? I do, I do. And you say his name wrong every time you say mm, it. Okay, I say it how their announcers say it. So, by the way, how old is Derek Russ? Oh, He's exactly how old I thought he was. So, yeah. I don't know. He's 31. 32. Yeah. Man, it sounded like he was 80. <laughs> he's just, he's he's a dude. He's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's he not a good the, season for the Knicks. Yeah, but he's not the guy that you're going in expecting him to be your A number one point guard this year. No, he's year. the sixth guy. He, right. He's the sixth man coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Impact scorer coming off the bench. But Colin Sexton could be the guy. He could be the guy to, the glue guy to bring this team together. He could be. Well, I mean, what would it take to get? I see. There's a reason that I don't think the Knicks are going to do this. Okay, it's because they're interested in another point guard, Kimball Walker. Nope. I'll tell you who it is after the break. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. ITSPN Asheville. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. Yeah, uh, talking about the New York Knicks. Jeremy says there's another point guard that they're in on. So, so when Kimball Walker got traded to Oklahoma City, there was a lot of talk about maybe New York would be in on doing a deal with Oklahoma City to get Kimball. Now there's the story today that they are all in on 
Colin Sexton, that they are they are the team putting the full court press on right now to get Colin Sexton away from the Cleveland Cavaliers. There are a lot of teams that are in that full court press. Who's the other? From Bleacher Report, uh, the Clippers and the Bulls are interested in Lonzo Ball, and the Pelicans are unlikely to match a significant offer sheet. Hidden in the bottom of that, there's two other teams that are interested, that are interested in him as well. The Knicks and the Lakers. Aha. How you would Wait. make that work, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. Wait, the the Lakers are ready to, Reunite to pull back on that? with Lonzo. Right. Bring back, bring back LeVar. That'd be fun. <laughs> hey, LeVar, you remember all those things you said about L.A.? Yeah. Uh, you're going to take us back now. Yeah. That's why you don't burn your bridges. But LeVar just lays waste to them all. 100%. But it does appear that Lonzo Ball is going to be playing somewhere else next year. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense for the New York Knicks because for once I feel like they're actually a destination. The they've Knicks been, at this point are a destination. Right, they've been a playoff. They, they're now back in the playoff hunt, and they need something. And a point guard is pretty much it. I, I don't understand the fit with I, 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 this is the weird thing about movement in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about who fits; it's who can you get. Like Lonzo Ball does not fit with the Knicks at all. He's not a good defender, and that's a prerequisite of playing for Tom Thibodeau, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there's just nobody out there. I mean, this is the most barren free agent market you'll ever see. I mean, you're talking about Kyle Lowry, who's 36? Something like that. Uh, Mike Conley and Dennis Schroeder. Woo. Ugh. Tell you another guy that's going to get... I don't want to be that team to be... I don't want to be that team. <laughs> Tell you another guy that's going to get more money than you think is Reggie Jackson. Now, see, I could see that. So Why? Because he was good in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I could understand that more than Dennis Schroeder. Hmm. I don't know that I could. Dennis Schroeder. I mean, personally, a- you remember the thing I said earlier about I really wish I could have seen the trade reactions? Yeah. I would love to see the free agent reactions to, hey, Dennis Schroeder just accepted our $110 million offer. Has <laughs> <laughs> anybody got some Maylocks? Yeah. My, some, some, That's going to be uh, a tough pill to swallow for anybody. Oh. I don't think the Lakers should do it. The Lakers are going to acquire someone. Yeah, but I don't think that's been talked about literally since they got bounced out of the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be ready to pay over a hundred million dollars for Dennis Schroeder after what happened this year. Somebody's going to. Oh, I'm sure somebody will. You'll see a lot of signing trades this year. There are a lot of stupid deals that are made in the NBA. We do this every six years. We elect a president every four years. Every six years in the NBA, we go through the season of stupidity. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are, just like the cicadas. They're back, right? Bad deals. You remember Lou Aldang getting $140 trillion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still getting paid. Mm-hmm. Did he get the Bobby Bonilla deal? No, it wasn't <laughs> stretched out for 417 years, but <laughs> Lou Aldang's still getting paid. <laughs> That's insanity. And, by the way, uh, I did look this up here. Uh, Frank, the point guard from New York. Nicolina. Neely Kina. That's the spelling on Argue with Clyde Frazier. He's a Hall of Famer. Well, That's how he says his name. Trust well, me, I got to hear it a lot. Well, um, the L comes before the K, so it can't be Nicolina. It is Neely Kina. 
You know what it is? Bust. Bust. That's yeah. Nicolina is. It's. I mean, we feel like we knew that one was coming. That's a bad word in uh, Nick forums. It should be. On draft night, I remember when he was drafted, and I went, who? And then I read up on him to see who it was, and yeah, I went, couldn't shoot. that's not good. Yeah, let me, Why you know, did they draft him? At, what was it, 10? Eight. Eight. Since the uh, NBA draft is coming up, let me, I'm going to give you a solid piece of advice. And this is from somebody that's evaluated a lot of drafts in his life. Mm-hmm. If the biggest drawback on a player is they can't shoot, just don't draft them. Ever. Don't, just don't do it. Right. Name me a player that it was, hey, he just can't shoot at all. That ever turned into a player. Giannis is the one answer. And he still can't shoot. He's just 6'10 and more athletic than anybody on the floor. Lonzo, you just watch. He's bad. He's bad at basketball. Oh, come on. He got better this year. Um, okay. He did improve his three-point shooting this year. Uh, so he went from terrible to not god-awful. Pretty much. That's where that went. <laughs> but he's young. He's got time. He could still develop into a great player in the NBA. Mm, I'm so we're go being told. No. Yeah. yeah, you've listened to too many LeVar Ball hype speeches. <laughs> no, we're just believing that, uh, you know, maybe maybe LaMelo can teach him a little something. Because LaMelo, he's the real deal. Yeah, LaMelo's very good. And we got him in Charlotte, and uh, I was... I was impressed. He was he he won an ASPE this week. They're past just week. like the Mel. They're like they're like the Mannings. Lamelo's Peyton, Lonzo's Eli, and Leangelo's Cooper. Oh, poor Leangelo. Uh, after the, at the top of the hour, we have football things to talk about. Let's talk. We have football. breaking news, and there's going to be a lot more in the next forty eight hours. Excellent! Can't wait for it. Sports Center is coming up next, right here on ESPN Asheville. This is. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Hi, it's Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green in the Ingalls studio here live on ESPN. Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app live or on demand. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Go check out our friends at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Any other four Asheville locations, by the way, as well. Stop on by and don't forget to drink safe and drink different. At Wicked Weed Brewing. Breaking news in the NFL. Apparently, there have been some determinations that there are not going to be some contract extensions for a couple of high-profile guys. The franchise tag tag deadline is uh, 47 hours and 57 minutes from right now. Okay. So if you don't come to a long-term deal by 4 o'clock on the 15th, players have to play on the franchise tag. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have two of these determinations. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, one of them plays for my team. Uh, Jet safety Marcus May and Bear star wide receiver Allen Robinson are neither expected to reach long-term extensions and will play on the franchise tag in 2021. Huh. Now, on one hand, I understand it. For the New York Jets, though, and Marcus May, why couldn't they come to an agreement here? You guys had money, right? You're just not willing mm-hmm. to give him enough? Is not that- willing to pay safety. Yeah. It's a... It's a institutional balance of we are not willing to pay premium money for a safety. 
Uh, and the story, by the way, these were broken by Ian Rappaport. You can find him on Twitter, at Rapsheet. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, the deal that the Jets offered was significantly lower than what Marcus May wanted. <laughs> it's always bad when you say the word significantly. significantly. Yeah, significantly is never a good idea. Uh, it's, like, it's like the word aggressively. Mm-hmm. You never want to see that in a story. So Any time it ends in Lee. These are not good. These are not good adjectives. <laughs> adverbs. They call those adverbs. Sure. Well, it's not an adverb because it's not a word. It's actually a suffix if you're looking for what that is. Suffixes. Yeah, but that makes it an adverb. Putting the ly on the end of it makes it an adverb. Uh, that's the word I was talking yeah. about. The just the the oh, end the, part. Yeah, the I'm not talking about the whole word. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Roger that. Yeah, according to Ian Rappaport, their offer was 20% below the tag amount. That's aggressive. Yeah, I feel like you're going to say no to that. That's aggressive. That's one of those offers that you give and you go, uh, uh, oh, well, we <laughs> but tried. we're giving you longevity. Well, we tried. Right. you got to give us an A for effort. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really think any of these guys are going to wind up with long-term deals. The one I understood was Allen Robinson. I don't understand that at all. I don't care what they pay me. I don't want to stay there until I oh, see Oh, you're talking about have. from Allen Robinson's right. perspective. Right. From Allen Robinson's perspective, I'm not signing a long-term deal until I know what we have. I don't know that I could learn in OTAs what Justin Fields is going to be like for me. Look, I have spent my career playing with crappy quarterbacks in Jacksonville, now in Chicago, and I've been excellent for what has been for the talent that has been throwing to me i have been creating miracles for the past five years yeah when you look at what Allen robinson has done in the nfl and then you look at the quarterbacks he has caught passes from Mm -hmm. do you know the list i I, not off the top of my head but i've seen it before and went oh Allen robinson's a god yeah it's blake bortles (laughs) yeah mitch trubisky Uh mike glennon Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Woof. Nick Foles for a couple and of Nick years. Foles, yeah. yeah. Nick Foles was the good one. That's never a good <laughs> sign. When Nick Foles is the one where you go, ah, the rest of it, it must be really bad. Right. Allen Robinson, I understand. I don't want any piece of that. I, now, see, I will sign a long-term deal if we have a great year this year and Justin Fields shows me some promise to being a long-term solution with the Chicago Bears. Sure. See, my thought of, and maybe I'm weird in this, but if I'm Allen Robinson, a guy that's had a catastrophic knee injury already, mm-hmm. not saying he's injury prone because he's not. That's not true. No. Uh, people misuse the term injury prone. Having an injury one time that cost you a significant chunk or all of a season does not make you injury prone. Mm-mm. However, if I'm a receiver that's, you know, Allen Robinson's 27 years old, I'm always going to secure the bag and then I'm going to worry about where I play afterwards. So if you're coming to me, because I can't imagine that the Bears looking at Justin Fields, and, and I understand you like Darnell Mooney, and you like Cole Komet, and David Montgomery showed you some things last year. I will always say most talented running back that plays uh, well below his talent, David Montgomery. I can't imagine that they didn't come to him with an aggressive offer. And I'm thinking something in the neighborhood of 5 at 75 or more, might have been more, 5 for 80 somewhere in the neighborhood. I can't say no to that. I can't. I'll, I'll figure it out. Just because there's the injury risk. Well, there's the and here's the thing. You got to look at 
how different would the money be? You never want to forecast injuries or anything like that. Let's say he has a bad year. Mm-hmm. Let's say Darnell Mooney just somehow becomes Justin Fields' favorite receiver. I'm not saying I think that happens, but let's say it happens. How much money did you cost yourself? Solely because you don't want to be in Chicago. I'm I'm always, I shouldn't say always. In a situation like that, I'm always securing the bag. Right. Now, Chris Godwin, that's a guy I full well understand why he does not want to sign in Tampa Bay. Please tell me you can be rational about that. Why would you sign long-term in Tampa Bay? Thank Tommy's you. gone. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to play with Kyle Trask? That'll no, be fun. I don't want a part of that, especially if I'm Chris Godwin, and I know that I'm making bank as soon as I hit the free agent market. Come back and try to win another Super Bowl. What's that going to do? It's only going to boost my value mm-hmm. of being a two-time Super Bowl champion, despite you know, despite what role I might play in that. It's still going to lift me. Do you know how old Chris Godwin is? 24? 25. 25. Just turned 25. Yeah. Man, he's good. Yeah, he is. He's so good. I love him so We're much. Gonna do I, was told, I was told by Big Ten football fans the day we drafted him, you're going to be really happy about that. And I went, who is that guy? This Chris Godwin from Penn State. I'm, I'm not, I, I missed on him aggressively. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the few times that I ever didn't trust what I saw. Right. Because it's like, yeah, he's a good route runner, but yeah, there's just nothing physically imposing about him because he's not that tall and he's not that fast. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm out of missed that one. No, I fully understand why Chris Godwin hasn't signed a long-term deal and will not sign a long-term no. deal. He'll be, you know, if, if they decide to play this one more time next year, run it back a third time. Do you remember what I time? told you when they franchised Chris Godwin? What? The day they franchised Chris Godwin, I told you something. I'm curious if you remember what it was, Man. or if your buccaneer brain just does not allow you to hear any negative ever. <laughs> uh, I I don't remember what you're referring to. The immediate response I had was, Tom has one more year, and they all know it. Everybody in that building knows it. Mm-hmm. That's why you re-signed Shaquille Barrett, and you franchise Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that makes sense. Barrett's older. Plays a position that doesn't tend to hold up quite as well. Right. But you re-signed him. Why? Because you know that will keep your defense still solid mm-hmm. when it's Kyle Trask under center. Mm-hmm. You are lathered up for one just tremendous run at a second Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, this is the check engine light is on. They're going to keep kicking this can down the road as long as Tom will let him. You know I, I firmly believe Tom has one year left. Everything I have heard, everything I have seen... Mm-hmm. It all tells me he has one year left. And I think that's the... I know what that, he keeps saying. I don't yeah. care. And that was the original plan, mm-hmm. was two years, two years, and then he's done. Now, they restructured the contract and moved some money around so he would have a third year, a third year option to come down the road, but I don't really expect that to happen. I don't either. Unless unless they do run it back. Unless they do win back-to-back Super Bowls. See, and I, th- I could see Tom just saying, well, screw it, we'll do it one more time. I, I actually think it makes it less likely that he comes back if they... Really? Back. Yeah. He wants the the John Elway going out the door with a ring. I think he's seen... An, ring. <laughs> I, I think he's seen enough guys do that. You know, Elway, he was in college when Elway did it. Mm-hmm. He saw Peyton do it. Yeah, I think I, there's something... There's always been a part of me that thinks there's an allure to that. Now, right now, he thinks he can still play at 34-year-old Tom level. 
Sure. I think he's quickly going to realize that's not 100% true. And I would say that's not 100% true. Even last year no. was not 100% true. No. I mean, sure, he had great stats. But he had he a was great in a completely di- Right, but he was in a completely different offense mm-hmm. that had him stretching the field like he had never stretched the field before in New England. He put up a lot of big numbers last year, but he also made a lot of mistakes last year. There were times that it looked clunky. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you can admit that. I can't. Because I wasn't you sure keep, that you could. You keep saying this. I'm insufferable. I've just got my blinders on. No. I can be real about my team, but the problem is, the reality is, we are, one, we are on the very short list of teams to win the Super Bowl that could win the Super Bowl this year. And just because I keep reiterating that fact, hey, you say I'm being insufferable. Hey, according to SI, there's 14 teams on that list. I vehemently disagree, but... <laughs> Did you ever make it down the down that list of teams that can win the Super Bowl? Yeah, of the fourteen teams that could possibly win a Super Bowl. No, I saw Cleveland Browns and my ears started to bleed, and oh, I had to go attend to that. Stop that! That's the one. That's one of the teams that should be on that. Yeah, list. I had to seek medical attention because there was blood running out of my ear. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to come up with you're, you're trying to come up with a plausible way that half of the NFL can win the Super Bowl this year. How long's your list? It's. Five, I think. Mine's five. I think I've settled on five. Yeah, mine's five. Uh, let me let me look real quick. You're the Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, no. Cleveland Browns, no. Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, L.A. Actually, I got seven. You have four of my five. Who's the one I missed? Green Bay. Oh, stop that. Green Bay's my five. Mm, mm. The Cleveland Browns have an exponentially greater chance of winning the Super Bowl than the Green Bay Packers do. Who's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. Who's the, I always forget his name. Quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? Baker Mayfield. Okay, I'm going to go with Green Bay. <laughs> you and Joe Flacco can go hang out on that bad quarterbacks can win, uh, can win Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, sure. We we got into that on the in the mm-hmm. Sportsocracy this mm-hmm. morning, ten a.m. YouTube, Facebook Live. You can find us on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy, right? Uh, and somebody commented, Joe Flacco wasn't good. Joe Flacco had the best year of his life the year they won the Super Bowl. He did. Remember the uh, transmit yourself back in time to when we were talking about is Joe Flacco elite? Because there were a couple of years there where people actually where- thought the answer to that was yes. Well, it was trending that way. Like, if he continues to put up these numbers, you're not going to have any arguments. I mean, he was on he was on lists and projections for being like in the neighborhood of Dan Marino, and we all knew that wasn't the case. I pushed back against that a lot. To me, it, he was fine. He had a couple of great years, and they won a Super Bowl. Congratulations, let's move on. Let's stop talking about this elite nonsense. I would I would much more entertain that conversation with Eli. Just just getting back to the the, the original topic here. Do you know how many of the of the guys that were franchise signed long-term deal? No. It's one. That's it. Justin Simmons is the only one. Hmm. I've done some digging since the Rappaport report came out. There are not many of these guys that even have hope. There's apparently no hope on May and Allen Robinson. There's no hope on Chris Godwin. Uh-huh. There's been no action on Cam Robinson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> Which, 
when it's he should have got the franchise back in the first I place. I still can't stop laughing every time I say that. But Urban Meyer, just oh, that's one of those where you know what? I just I, I the campfire is running, and and I've got my s'mores, uh, my, my marshmallows, my graham crackers, and my chocolate, <laughs> and I'm just gonna sit back and watch it burn. Yeah, just wait for it and enjoy your little snack. I don't know that there's a take I have that I get more flack for than how I feel about Jacksonville. Which is odd to me. Because I don't know where the fans come from. Right. They're fi- I, have you ever met I figured one? It out. Have a, you a ever Jaguars met fan? a Jaguars fan? Yeah, they, their I hair mean, looks had- a lot like mine. Uh, they tend to drink beers out of cans that they then slam against their head. Uh, there's a lot of... Yeah, jorts. Uh, uh, Lots of jorts. Jorts. Yeah. Uh, tank tops. You know, there's a lot of those things. Not all of them. Some of them are great. We have a couple that watch our morning show every uh-huh. day. Uh-huh. And we love them dearly. And they are rational Jaguars fans. But then there's this other section. Tim Tebow could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Urban Meyer will be the next Bill Belichick. I don't believe he will. Uh, but the other guys on this list, Leonard Williams, there's been no traction uh, that way. Doesn't appear that Brandon Sheriff has any interest in resigning with Washington. Uh, Taylor Moten is the one that I've been told there is a possibility. Mm-hmm. I thought he had already resigned for some reason. I don't know why that was in my head, but I, I had either. it in my head that he had resigned. I don't but either. I don't he remember is, hearing he is apparently that. not. I don't even remember hearing the rumor of that uh, that happening. I know there was a rumor. It just must have uh, it, it must have died in the wind. Yeah, must have fallen through. Yeah. Uh, well, we got down this path talking about Allen Robinson and Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, there's a story today. Uh, he says the time is now. The time is now for the Bears' offense to really kick it into gear because we've got all the other pieces. We'll talk about it coming up next here on ESPN Asheville. My take, Spencer, and Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. What? Man, you like that song. I do love that song. Uh, man, I heard it's that good. while we were in the, bumper, in the uh, bunker <laughs> one too many times. <laughs> you did. You did. That was, but that was so. That was so 2020. That was the song of the summer in 2020. Way back in the days where we couldn't even come into the studio. Yeah, we were they were stuck in my house. Everybody was social distancing and and uh, what was the other one? The the other phrase you hated? I, 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 uh, I, sheltering in place. Oh, good lord! <laughs> That's still the dumbest phrase anybody has ever come up with. Sheltering in place and social distancing, as opposed to sheltering kind of in stuff. the sky. What? Did some of you fly? <laughs> no wonder you don't believe me. Birds aren't real. Nope. Hashtag birds aren't real. Stop that! That's ridiculous. Um. Anyhow, what were we talking about? The Bears. Yeah, you threw me off. You threw me off with the whole hot girl summer thing. You, you have this blank look on your face sometimes. I'm it's like, like where I don't are we even going. Know. There are times you look at me like, where are we right now? <laughs> like, how did I get here? Does I'm my just, mom know where I am right now? I'm just practicing for my old age when I get Alzheimer's. It, it runs in the family. I know it's coming at some point. I just, you know, I eat my fruits and veggies and. Prepare for the day when I don't know where I am. I mean, it happens more often than you want to admit right now. This is very true. It's absolutely very true. Yeah, Matt Nagy uh, goes on the Under Center podcast and says, now is the time. We've got all of the pieces in place, and now is the time for the offense 
to step up and match the intensity of the defense. And that's the way that he can save his job. Which tells me either Matt Nagy is a crazy person and is just a complete and utter moron. Uh, He is a crazy person. Or he has finally come to the realization that Justin Fields is the path forward for 2020. Because Andy Dalton is not the guy that's going to get you there. He's not the guy that's going to lift your offense to match the intensity of the defense. And you know how this goes. This is always, it's the summer of optimism. We do this every year that you hear these teams come through. You hear these coaches that are on the hot seat that say, oh, you don't understand what we're about to do. Yeah. And then they come out and it looks exactly like it's looked the entire time they have been with this team. Right. Nothing has changed. You moved around some deck chairs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. The ship is still going down. The violin player is still playing the sad song. Mm-hmm. Since the idea is that we get up in games and then our defense keeps us up and we're going to use our secret weapon, David Montgomery. I don't think he's a secret weapon. He wants David Montgomery. The plan is to have David Montgomery average 20 carries a game. 20 carries a game for David Montgomery. I'm okay with that. And he said the, re, the, the, the way he's factored this in is that they're going to be ahead by so much that late in the game they're going to have to feed David Montgomery the ball to salt the clock away. Well, that's not true. <laughs> and, and my question would be, uh, does David Montgomery get a steady diet of the Minnesota Vikings from last year of the Jacksonville Jaguars and those other Houston Texans. horrid yep. teams that he was really good against? <laughs> right. Do you get to do that again, or do you have to play realistic defenses? Uh-huh. Because I've looked at your schedule, and it's not pretty. I think Matt Nagy is finally coming around, though. To Justin Fields has to be the answer. I, I mean, I've said on this show, it won't shock me if four of the five rookies start out of the gate. There was a time where I thought Trey Lance may start, but that was solely because I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to land somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But it appears that all of these teams have settled on, yep. We're we're gonna that's what we're gonna do. We're I gonna think, play Drew Lock. That'll be should. fun. I think they should. I don't see one that shouldn't start outside of Trey Lance. Okay. I was gonna say Trey Lance is the one. I mean, I think my Jets are gonna roll with three rookies. Uh if, if something happens to Zach Wilson, whoo. I have a lot of futures money that will look very, very precarious in a very small period of time. So you got Zach Wilson, you got James Morgan, and who's the third? Uh Mike White. Mike White. Who has thrown zero passes in the NFL. Has he even been in the NFL for a while? Yeah, he's he's worn a jersey a couple times. He hasn't done much other than that. But uh, every time we talk about this, anxiety takes over. The sad thing is Jeremy's not even going to be that upset if it ends up being James Morgan because he liked James Morgan. I loved James Morgan. Mm -hmm. Like him, I loved him. (laughs) Okay, excuse me for, for downplaying that. Uh, if something happens to Zach Wilson, though, yes, you are going to be in uh, trouble. Very, very, very in trouble. But I, I don't see a path. I, I mean, there is a path, obviously. But in my head, I've already locked it in. When I say I don't see a path, that's I've already locked it into my head that there should be four rookies starting week one of this NFL season. I think they're going to. Mac Jones should start over Cam Newton. Justin Fields should start over Andy Dalton. And Nick Foles, who's not even being talked about, by the way. Have you noticed the, any mm-hmm. of this? Nick yes, because Nick Foles is not going to be on the His team. His name's not even mentioned. 
Nick Foles is probably going to be the backup quarterback of the New York Jets. Are oh, they going to cut him loose? I don't know how they would get rid of the money. Right. But everything I've heard is that he's most likely not going to be on the roster. Because he's due $20 million? Yeah, but if I remember correctly, we, we, we I looked this up, and it it wasn't that much dead money if he if they just if they just away. decided to get get away from it, which I would I would run with my hair on fire. Let him go back to Philadelphia, the only place he's ever relevant. He can be the Jets backup, and let him be the backup to Jalen Hurts. No, they already have Joe Joe Falco. Joe Falco. So yeah, you do need a veteran. With your New York Jets. There is no question about that. Um, but rose-colored glasses here for Matt Nagy as he thinks that uh, this is the year that he's going he's gonna to save his job. And he better, he better hope. <laughs> he better hope that Justin Fields can give them some positive going into the end of this year. Because if there's not, it's going to be dunzo time for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Uh, after weird news, I, I want to talk about something. Okay, and it has to do with our you know local hometown Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. And you know I, I haven't upset Panthers fans in quite some time. Oh. I've been very happy with all of the things that you have done. Yeah, I love the Donald acquisition. I love the hiring of Matt Rule, bringing in Joe Brady. Now it's it, it all right. It, I've it, I've 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 said all the nice things, and now some of you have. Absolutely lost your minds, and I, I, we, we need to talk. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. I am a big fan of solutions. I'm a big fan of, uh, of things that solve problems, like real actual problems in today's world. Um... And so I think there there is a South Korean industrial designer that has come up with a, a solution to a big problem that we have in our society. His name is uh, Peng Ming Wook. He's 28 years old, and he is uh, he's a scientist. He's a scientisty guy. He's a postgraduate student uh, in innovation design at the Royal College of Art and Imperial College in London. And he has been taking this device around Seoul, South Korea, testing it out to see if it actually will work. It's a third eye. You heard me right. A third eye. It's, it, 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 it's a camera that will strap to your forehead. So when you have your face buried in your smartphone, the eye will open its translucent lid and it will it will project an image onto your screen in like a little picture picture box of what's in front of you when you're walking down the sidewalk. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> you didn't tell me the story before we did this. No, no, I thought you were about to give an actual honest solution to a problem. I mean, I guess he could probably make a lot of money. This, off this isn't thing, even just... the best solution to a problem today. <laughs> That goes to the L.A. Rams for fixing those horrid jerseys that they have. Oh, they didn't do anything. They added blue. It they, makes it a little yeah, better. They added a little bit of blue to it. That's really. better than this. <laughs> yeah, there's a solution to this problem. Look up. Right. Put it's, down your dang stop phone. Walking and reading at the same time. 
<laughs> the third eye uses a gyro sensor to measure the angle of the user's neck and an ultrasonic sensor to calculate the distance between the robotic eye and obstacles in front of you. The sensors are both linked to an open-source single-board microcontroller with a battery pack that will alert you and a, an alarm will sound when there is an obstacle in your path. So you never have to look up from your Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, oh, there's whatever. A, there, there's a lane assist on this thing? <laughs> right. So it beeps if you turn on your turn signal? Yeah. There's a car there? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, the guy said it was not a serious project. It, it was He created the thing to be a satirical solution so that once word got out about his invention, maybe people would wake up and say, maybe we need to put down the phones a little bit, which is actually not what's going to happen. I can see this guy making a billion dollars off of this invention because pretty soon it's oh, going to be sure fashionable for people to walk around with a big giant third eye, alien looking eye on their forehead i I want you to think about what i'm getting ready to say somewhere there is a person that made 500 million dollars that's a lot off the premise that they made a stick that you could put your phone in (laughs) and hit a button and it would take selfies yeah take far away selfies yeah i want you to wrap your head around what i just said Five hundred million. Five hundred million dollars off a stick that touches the button on the side of your phone. There are times that I say things like that, and I, what world do we currently live in? <laughs> That's the thing. Like I would see those things everywhere, but I never personally knew anyone who had one. The selfie stick. Oh, I, it, it, go to go to any large metropolis city. Mm-hmm. Now you don't see them as much anymore, right? But there was a time, there was a time, and that was a time that I traveled a lot. Yeah. I once saw somebody check one of those at an airport. Their selfie stick. Yes. Mm. They paid more money than the stick was worth <laughs> to check it. It's one of, those, one of these days I'm going to write a book of all the things that I saw in my travels around mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. That that specific one will have its own page. Nice. Uh, it, it also, possibly having its own page is what I'm getting ready to say right now. We have a consistent in this segment, don't do crimes. Yeah. Well, apparently a lot of people in New York have been doing crimes, and they didn't know they were doing crimes. Okay. How do you do that? Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, using perfect uh, use of his time, Signed legislation Tuesday to get rid of an archaic law that banned barbers from working on Sundays. Cuomo announced Tuesday, I'm not making this up by the way. Cuomo announced Tuesday that the new law, which takes effect immediately, does away with a state law that made it a misdemeanor for a barber to cut hair or provide a shave to a customer on a Sunday. Here's the problem. Apparently, Andrew Cuomo knew this was a thing. No barber in the entire state knew it. Oh, so they've been cutting hair on Sundays for Well, most barbers are closed on Sunday anyway. Right. So it wasn't really an enforced thing. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. Why do we have to put out, like, press releases on things like this? Like, this is stupid. Nobody has ever gotten a citation for giving somebody a shave on a Sunday. I mean, you know why. Because it shows we're doing stuff. We're the government. We're doing stuff to help you out, buddy. Yeah. And, and, yeah, Andrew Cuomo, I, th- I think your time could have been better put in a few places. <laughs> that, I think that ship already sailed. Yeah, I don't do politics, but uh, <clears throat> you can assume what I'm getting ready to or yeah. where I'm headed with that. There ain't no coming back from that. 
for anyone. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's the first thing I've ever seen that had unilateral along. There was no party lines. Like right. everybody just went, yeah, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, sh- we shouldn't do that. That mm-hmm. should not be a law that we have. I've always been in full support that there should be a, a committee. Because we have all kinds of committees in politics. There should be a stupid laws committee. Yep. Because the, if you've ever gone down the rabbit hole of what is illegal in certain mm-hmm. places, there are a lot of very stupid things that are illegal. Yes, there are. One of my favorites I ever uh, I ever did, we did this uh, back in Charleston when I worked down there. And we went through the Charleston code book to figure out what were the stupid laws that were still on on the books. Did you go through it one by one? <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> Uh My favorite one, though, was that it is illegal not to fire your shotgun when you're approaching an intersection on King Street, which is the big shopping district down there. Everyone is in violation of this because, one, there are no motor cars allowed on King Street in Charleston, despite the fact that it is one of the busiest roads in the town. Uh, and yes, when you approach an intersection, it is by law that you have to fire your shotgun to allow, to, to notify everyone else that you're coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these are things that have been on the books since 1845 or yeah, whatever. This is why we should have a stupid laws committee. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, that's just not a thing anymore. It just, we didn't have to vote on it. We just, you, we all looked at each other and went, dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb. And the way it went. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. So the Carolina Panthers fans are what? Speaking of things, I overzealous. So this morning in the Sportsocracy live 10 a.m. at the Sportsocracy on all the social medias, we did the AFC East best case worst case scenario. Yes, and we have we've already done the the NFC South. You can actually find our Panthers best case worst case scenario video on YouTube. Just search the Sportsocracy, and it is pinned to the top of the page for all of our lovely ESPN Radio listeners to easily find. And subscribe and all the wonderful things to our YouTube channel. Uh, speaking of that, we will actually be announcing a new uh, campaign on our YouTube channel on Friday that will have a direct effect on this show. Mm-hmm. Something we're very excited about. So we'll tell you that on Friday. Uh, I cannot wrap my brain around how down the rabbit hole some Panthers fans have gotten about how good they are. Okay. You do understand you were the eighth worst team in the NFL last year. Yes. You have had time for some things to develop. You've got some guys that are getting better. I like your young defensive pieces. I like all of the things. Mm -hmm. In our best case scenario video, I even said you could go, you could be as good against the schedule as nine and eight. That's as good as you can be. Mm -hmm. You're you're not going to be better than that. Mm -hmm. I need you to understand that. Because I have gotten just a, a, a swarm of Panthers fans in the last, like, two weeks. They keep telling me I'm too low on the Panthers. I feel like I'm the highest person in any media anywhere on Carolina. And yet, somehow, I'm the problem. Right. I, I, I need you to understand. I have watched every pass your quarterback has ever thrown in the NFL. There's probably not a human whose last name isn't Darnold that knows this kid as well as I do. <laughs> I'm going to need you to temper your expectations of what you're getting here. Because I like the kid a lot. I I, I need to explain. He makes some very questionable decisions. Mm -hmm. Especially when he sees pass rush. Do you understand what's in this division? 
Think what you want to think about the other three teams in this division. You got Tampa Bay that comes at you with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre, Paul, and the rookie Joe Tryon. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pass rush. You don't have a very tested offensive line. Oh, you didn't mention Vita Vea and uh, Dominic. That's Sue on the inside. Well. I'm just talking about on the edges, right? Oh, now. okay. All right. Then you go to New Orleans and you got Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, uh, and the rookie Peyton Turner. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pass rush. It is. Even Atlanta has Dante Fowler. That's six of your 17 games that you're coming up against individual dudes. And I know people will say, well, Atlanta doesn't rush the passer. Well, I get that. What I don't think you're understanding is that you have a very untested left tackle, whether it's Brady Christensen, whether it's Cam Irving, whatever the case may be. You're walking into this with, yes, you have very good weapons. I love Robbie Anderson coming into this year. I love DJ Moore coming into this year. Shai Smith was one of my favorite draft picks in the entire draft, and I think he's going to be your three over Terrace Marshall. Mm-hmm. You you got to stop. You, you got to stop thinking that you're just that that, that that we've got this three year veteran quarterback that we got for peanuts from the Jets. You got him for that because nobody else in the league fully believes in him. The ones that do believe in him are the people like me mm-hmm. that watched him coming out of college. It's nothing he really did with the Jets. I mean, yeah, there were a handful of plays here and there. He was put into a bad situation with Adam Gase. All of the things, and I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I just need to make sure that everybody understands that a successful year in Charlotte this year is eight, nine, ten wins. Mm-hmm. It's not going twelve and five and contending for the division because you're not going to do that. And I don't know if it's just the market we're in or or what the case may be. And and I don't think this is a widespread problem. I, I just think there's a lot of people that are that, that are thinking that this is just going to be a seamless thing because Darnold gets a full training camp and and Joe Brady gets a full training camp to do things with the offense you still have deficiencies that are going to be hard to get over. And I like Christian McCaffrey, the Chuba Hubbard thing. Please stop tweeting me about Chuba Hubbard. Like, is there a way I can put a filter on messages I get that if it has Chuba in it, I just ignore it? Oh, come on. I've been asked more about Chuba Hubbard than practically any player in the NFL for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Like mind-numbing amount of... Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, when do you want to start fantasy things on this show? Whenever you're ready, buddy. Well, I mean, you're the one. That does I, mean, we've all been, I mean, we've been we've we've been doing fantasy drafts uh, for for a while now. It's been a couple of weeks. So yeah, we're 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 going to get into fantasy football season here. But the the Chuba Hubbard thing, I agree with you. I don't understand what that is. I've been in countless no, countless mock drafts and chat rooms and all of this, and everybody seems to have this thought that Chuba Hubbard's going to come come in and get some serious run at the running back position for the Carolina Panthers, and I really can't wrap my head around it. Well, one of my thoughts on this has been, uh, the reason that I wanted to bring this up is I feel like I'm the one that's done this. Because virtually everyone that said to me uh, said this to me has been within our media market. So I, I, I don't want to inflate what you think is going to happen. I'm very high on where things are going in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I told you when, Don, when Ron Rivera was fired, it's a three-year fix. Then you hire Matt Rule, perfect hire. Loved it. That's who I wanted the Jeff to hire when we hired when we hired Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. You bring in Joe Brady, great young visionary mind from LSU, led Joe Burrow to a national title. All of this is good. Just understand that yes, you're going to be better than last year. It's not a and and I honestly think you could sneak into the back of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. 
you're going to need some breaks, and you're going to need somebody to not be as good as I think they are. But that could happen. It happens every year. Mm -hmm. Every year there's a team that's not as good as we thought they were. I have a, I have a weird belief on who I think that is. Okay. I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. But at the end of the day, the best-case scenario for Carolina, you're right along that 500 line. You're not markedly better than three teams in the AFC East. Stop that. You're not markedly better than the Dolphins. Stop. No. No. They have exponentially more vet talent than you do. They're still a really young team. Mm -hmm. Everything's good. It's all going the right way. Just need to make sure that pump the brakes on this. We're going to go twelve and five and win the division thing, right? Because people look at the schedule and they go, "There, there could be a lot of winnable games if everybody's, you know, if if there are some stumbling blocks for a few teams, namely the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, without Drew Brees, people have concerns about that. That could be a very winnable game. Uh, you normally win one of those games anyway." The home away split with New Orleans. Okay. And then you got Houston, Philadelphia, Minnesota. A lot of people down on Minnesota as well. I think they're, I think they're undersold by a lot of people around the NFL. The New York Giants are another team that people look at and go, nah, they ain't, they ain't nothing. Forgetting the fact that Saquon Barkley is going to be back. Daniel Jones actually has legitimate weapons now. Things are, things are kind of moving in a rightish general direction for the New New York Giants. Um, Not a lot of believers in in the Patriots outside of the national media. (laughs) Because it seems like every normal person I talk talk to says, yeah, the Patriots, that that thing's over. That's that's a no-brainer. And then I see... I never all of thought these I would articles. be a Patriots, a Patriots apologist, but right. I've somehow turned into one. And then I see all of these articles to, from from talking heads who, some of them, I have respected their work over the years, saying that they think the New England Patriots are going to be in the fight for the for the division title with Those the Buffalo people are Bills. Crazy. And it's ridiculous. Um, the Miami Dolphins people have questions about Tua and whether or not he's going to, so we could, we could win that game. It's in Miami. I know. I'm just saying that people are jumping through these hoops, and you can see how they get down the path of, there could be 10, 11 wins on that schedule. I, I need you to understand something, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to say this as nicely as I can because I'm, I'm really not trying to upset people. There is a better than zero chance that you go 1-8 and eight on the road. Just understand that. Look at every road game on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one that I know definitively they're going to win. That's Houston. Yeah. That's the first one of the season. Yeah. Then you then it's Dallas at the Giants, which by the way is a really hard place to play. Mm-hmm. I've watched that team for a long time. Yep. Uh, in Atlanta, it's still going to be a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. I don't like the defense. But you have to travel across the country to Arizona, down to Miami, at Buffalo in December, at New Orleans, at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You might beat Tampa Bay because they may play no one because yeah. they may have they may have won the division a month beforehand. Yeah, week seventeen, uh, we quit. And, and I'm not saying that I think you're going to go one and eight on the road. I'm just saying that's that is a possibility. I think your best case scenario is four and five. Mm-hmm. Then to get to where you're talking about being, you have to go undefeated at home. Just saying, you know, not again, not trying to rain on anybody's parade. Right. Just pump the brakes. Calm down. Yeah. Pump the brakes a little bit. All we're asking for is a little bit of, oh, realism. 
realism within the Carolina Panthers fan base. And I think most most Panthers fans are there. I, I think a lot of them are. Yeah. It's just I've I've gotten a lot of bizarre questions. They're like and it a lot of it stems from things I've said that I think they can make the playoffs. Okay. Well, there was a comment to that that you have to add that somebody's gonna have to underperform. Mm-hmm. And the more time goes on, there's a team that I think might that everybody else seems to be really high on. I'll tell you who that is after the break. On ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? All right, Jeremy, so who is the team that you think everybody is overselling? Well, there's there's two, but I was specifically talking about one. Okay. Because I feel like everybody at this point is chalking it up that Green Bay's going to win the North. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are going to win the South. Yes. Some combination of the Rams, Cardinals, 49ers are going to come out of the West. Yes. And the Cowboys and the Washington football team are going to come out of the East. Yes. The history of the NFL tells you one of those teams is going to let you down. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder if it's the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody okay. just seems to be chalking up that they're like the fifth best team in the NFL, and I can't wrap my head around it. You lost your passing game coordinator. Okay. You lost your defensive coordinator. Okay. You drafted a rookie who's going to be splitting snaps with your starter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you've obviously never drafted a rookie in your life because they 100% do that. Right. And you've got a very injury-prone team Mm -hmm. that lost a lot of depth pieces. I'm not saying they're not going to be good. I just... I I keep hearing like 13 wins for San Francisco, and Mm -hmm. okay, we've gone a little over the top here. I don't agree with that because their schedule is so easy. The schedule is easy. They have a very easy schedule. We've already seen what Jimmy Garoppolo can be when he's healthy. We still believe in Kyle Shanahan as the head coach and the 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 originator of that of that offense. They have George Kittle. They have you know Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. I get that they they spend time on the shelf because they've had some injury issues or at least did last year. Everybody had injury issues with that team. You look at that defense, and the defense is, is good. There's playmakers all the over the place. Is, I, and I agree with all those things. They have, but all right, let, let, I just want to tackle that their schedule is so bad. Yeah. It's bad in spots. Starts at the Lions at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's two Easy. wins. Easy. Do you know what the next seven games on that schedule are? Well, they get Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona. It's going to be a tough three-game stretch. Then they get the bye. And then they got Indianapolis, another tough game. Mm-hmm. Then they got Chicago, which in Chicago oh, at Halloween, yeah. it's going to be six degrees and the wind's going to be blowing <laughs> it's sideways. Not necessarily going to be that cold, but it is going to be very coming chilly. from the west coast, yeah. not all the way east. You're coming to the central time zone, mm-hmm. so it's not still a one o'clock game. Right, it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then I you understand. go Cardinals Rams in, in in consecutive weeks mm-hmm. with the last one on Monday Night Football before you get the, before you get the the luxury of going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Just saying that's an ugly stretch of games. It is. And everybody just seems to be chalking up. Well, San Francisco, we had Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Kyle Shanahan's not been good without Jimmy Garoppolo. What if Jimmy's not the quarterback that he was? He did just have a pretty aggressive knee injury that derailed last year. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna think differently about them because I don't trust Trey Lance. There's just we should trust Trey Lance because he's a very good player. <laughs> There's just a lot of instability <laughs> with the 49ers that 
I feel like this is the time of year where the narratives start getting cemented in. Mm-hmm. And that's one that I don't fully understand. Could they go 12 and 5? Sure. It's absolutely in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. I also think it's in the realm of possibility that after that initial two game surge, they lose six of those seven games. It's possible. It's not like, I'm not, I'm not even saying it's likely. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But if you're four and five going into Jacksonville, that's, that's not good. You still got some ugly games on the backside of that schedule. So, yeah. and I mean, and at this point, I'm, it's not so much that I'm trying to give Panthers fans hope because I was, you know, being the Mr. Mr. Realism in the last segment. Right. For Carolina to make that playoff run, somebody has to not be as good as you think they are. Mm-hmm. Because right now there's seven teams in the in the NFC, and then you've got this Minnesota, Carolina, Seattle, and that seems to be pretty widely agreed upon. Yeah. Now there's some Seahawks fans that you know tell me I'm a moron. Well, you're the worst team in your division, and I'm going to keep saying that. So. <laughs> I, th- I think it's closer than than you do, but it, it is. But I, yeah. I'm not saying it's not close. They're, I'm saying they're I either think third or fourth. There's no question. Yes. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think some people, some people may believe that the Giants also could be in that discussion as a borderline playoff team. I don't buy it. But I don't either. I mean, some people do. Right. So I mean, you want to throw them in there? I guess that's Let's what I'm say saying. It's a small group. Some, for for Carolina to make that playoff run, they have to be the best of those teams. Mm-hmm. And if you want to substitute Arizona for Seattle or San Francisco for Seattle, however, there are seven teams that pretty much any realistic fan knows are ahead of that other group. You're going to have to be better than one of them getting playoffs. Uh, we'll be back with you right here tomorrow at 3 on ESPN Asheville, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Check us out tomorrow morning at 10 in the Sportsocracy on YouTube.